God is love. Amen. If you would turn to Acts chapter 12, I'm so glad uh, we have some guests in the audience. So glad you could be here. So thankful that you could come and, and be with us this morning as we look into God's word. Thank you for the prayer, uh, Brother James. What a, a powerful prayer, which goes so perfect with my lesson. And I talk about this a lot, and I've preached about it a lot, and, but I, I think that it's so important for us to understand as Christians, it's something that we must have. Being a child of God is something special. Being a child of God is different. Being a child of God, there should be a confidence within us. Psalm 71, 1-3 says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me for you are my rock and you are my fortress. I am thankful that we have a God who is our rock and our fortress. Amen? A God who, when troubles hit, when trials come, we can put our trust and our hope in Him, and He's there. This morning I want to talk about how special it is to be a child of God. And we as children of God should be confident in the fact that we're Christians. Just before Acts chapter 12, in Acts 11 verse 26, Barnabas departs from Antioch and he's going to look for Saul in Tarsus. And when he finds Saul, he comes and brings him back to Antioch. And in verse 26 it says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. You know, that makes me smile when I think about it. When people ask me what I am, I love to say, I'm a Christian. I'm not a church of Christ. You know, I'm not this, I'm not that. No, I'm a Christian. I don't have to be anything else except a Christian. And what that means, it's a nickname. It's a nickname for a disciple. They first called the disciples Christians in Antioch. The followers of Jesus Christ. The ones who were pursuing and persevering through any obstacle to preach the gospel. 
And if you look back in this chapter just before it, you see a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Many people were added to the Lord. Why was this happening? Because people were proactive. They realized what they had. Something special. Something that nobody else had. I want to talk about three things that we can understand and I hope be encouraged by to let us know that being a Christian is amazing. Because God does stuff for us. God does things for us. Acts chapter 12, the beginning, some of you have titles above it, some of you don't. But the title says, Herod's Violence to the Church. King Herod, or uh, known as Agrippa I, King Agrippa I was the grandson of Herod the Great, who in when Jesus was born was the king that slaughtered all of the children. In Bethlehem, Herod the Great also killed King Agrippa's father when he was young. But this King Agrippa was given uh, the, he was in charge of the north part of Palestine for years, and then he was given the rest of the territory, and he was just as hard hearted as his ancestors. But here he was about to try his best shot to knock down the church. Look at what it says in verse 1. Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Here was a man who was about to harass the church. Here was a man who was about to harm the church. I think of us, as, as soon as I read this, I thought of a psalm in Psalm chapter 2. And the only reason why I remembered it, not because I have a great memory of scripture like that, but I had just read this scripture. Psalm uh, 2 verses 1 through 4 says this. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. This king who's about to harass the church has no idea whose people he's messing with. Think about what that psalm says. He who sits in heaven laughs. He's watching. Brethren, we have a God that is living and is powerful. What an encouraging thing to be a Christian. Amen? This portion of God's Word shows us that no matter what happens, no matter how things develop in people's lives, Christians are about Christian business. It's a special thing. 
James prayed about always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I want to finish what he said because he set me up beautifully. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What we do and why we do it is not in vain. It's not just something you do because it's a cool club. It is a cool club, and I'm glad I'm a part of it. But it's way more than that. It's way more than a club. Christians are children of God. Look at this. Verse 2. So King Herod, he stretched out his hand to harass some of the church, and then he killed James the brother of John with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. You want to know why being a Christian is so special? You want to know why we should be confident and be glad that we're children of God? Because He is with us in death. Think about that. It's always interesting to me that James, the brother of John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of Thunder, Whenever Jesus would go to the, you know, the transfiguration or sometimes he'd heal somebody, who would he always bring with him? He'd bring James, John, and Peter. If you think about it, I don't know if this is true, but this is uh, one of his favorite guys, one of his closest guys. Not that everybody isn't his favorite, but here he always would select those three. And he's dead. And he only gets a sentence. I mean, barely, in, if you don't really pay attention to it, you miss it altogether. But does that really matter? Does that mean that the Lord didn't love James as much as he loved Peter? Because in this story, Peter survives. But James dies. No, that's just not the case. But this is the case. Hebrews 9.27 And it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. Christians have something that nobody else has the ability to do. Beat death. Yeah, we die once. But if we're in Christ, guess what we get to do? Live forever. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, right? That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. To live is Christ. But guess what? To die is gain. Gain. It's better. The reality is we're all going to die someday. 
But we don't know when. But it's coming. Here was James dying, doing the very thing the Lord commands all of us to do. Preaching the gospel. You talk about the ultimate example of what we have to be about. As Christians, we have a different understanding of death, or we should. Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, For our citizenship is not here. It's in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. What is the confidence that we have as a Christian? We win. I win. I understand that becoming a child of God separates me from the rest of the world. I understand that as a Christian now, I live for a king. And I live for a place where I'm going to be one day. And I know that if I die, no matter what it is, whether I'm stabbed, whether I'm shot, whether I'm sick, I win. Why were these people going out and willing to die? Why were these people willing to go and preach to others? Because they were different. They had confidence in their God. They had confidence in what they were. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The second thing I'd like for us to consider. Why we should be so confident. Why we are so special. Because the Lord hears and answers prayer. <laughs> we see Peter, he's arrested. He's put in prison, verse 4, and delivered to four squads of soldiers to keep him. And even if we were there, we would know what was coming. James is dead. He's already been killed by the sword. Peter's locked up. What's coming for him? He's about to die. But look at verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. You know, I preached about this. And I've been excited about this. And that's why Christians are special. Because when you pray for something and it gets answered, you should be happy. You should be willing to tell everybody. There should be no stopping you 
on your mission to tell people who your God is. I can think about three prayers specifically, me personally, that I prayed for that didn't happen right then, but happened. And when they happened, I saw it. I don't have time to read the whole story. But read with me in verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did, and he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he follows him and he goes out. And I'm going to pick up in verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he's out on the street. He was locked up by two guards, chained up. Now all of a sudden he's out on the street. He came to himself. Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the ex expectation of the Jewish people. The Lord had saved him. The Lord had delivered him. And what does he do? He goes to the house of Mary in verse 12. And the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, and look at what they're doing, brethren. Where many were gathered together praying. We talk about it all the time, and I say it a lot, but really and truly, when we don't do this, we miss out on an opportunity to communicate with God. Prayer should be constant. Not once a day, not when you wake up, not when you eat your meal, not when you go to sleep, all the time. Here they were praying. And I'm sure they're praying for Peter. And guess what Peter does? He knocks at the door. This lady Rhonda, verse 13 She comes to answer, and when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but she ran to the people. She's like, Peter's outside. They say, no, Peter ain't outside, it's his angel. But Peter kept knocking, opened the door, and when they saw him, they were astonished. Think about this for a minute. You ever prayed for something and it got answered? I prayed for five years that I'd be able to talk to Isaac's brother. And guess what? I do. And guess what else? From me being able to talk to him, I'm able to talk to seven more people. And guess what else? After those seven people, I talked to the two people at the, uh, at the front desk, and guess what? They want to talk about the Bible. And every time I go down there, somebody asks me, hey, can you get my son a Bible? Where do you go to church at? 
What are you doing? I'm not doing anything except doing what an answered prayer has done for me. Answered prayer. Do I get every prayer that I ask for? Absolutely not. Every time I ask to be uh, for something, I don't necessarily get it. And sometimes we get sick, and sometimes tragedy hits, and sometimes death hits. But God is most glorified when we are the most helpless and when we are the most dependent upon Him. Because it knocks out everything else and it's just you and Him. In the worst times, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. In the best times, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. When there's no time, when nothing seems to be happening, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. It's a special thing to be a child of God. You beat death. He hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. You want to know why I know that's true? Because of this story. Because I believe the Bible. I believe what it says. They were constant in their prayers to Peter and guess what? He showed up. And you don't think it encouraged Peter on the flip side? Look at verse 17. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, listen to what he says, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. Go tell them what the Lord has done. You want to know how we encourage each other? Is we tell each other what the Lord has done for us. You want to know how we encourage each other? Is we ask the brethren to pray for us in tough situations. And when they ask you, be consistent. Be constant. Be fervent. Still the most powerful verse on prayer, right? The effective, fervent Prayer of a righteous man avails much. I want to close with this. We serve an awesome God. We serve a God who loves us and He's called us out to be a special people. He's given us the ability to be different. He's given us the ability to have that treasure within us to go spread to others. We have the gospel message to bring people from a lost state to a saved state. And here's the most encouraging thing to me. Exodus 8.10 says, Let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. It ain't no idol. We don't worship some wooden image. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And lean not on our own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. I want to encourage you with this verse. Use it this week. Pray on it. Think about it. You want to know what's special about being a Christian? You want to know what makes us uh, have confidence as a Christian? And when we speak about the Lord, it doesn't return void. Look at verse 24. Herod dies. Herod ends up exalting himself and and I encourage you to come back tonight because this is kind of exactly what I want to talk about selfishness it was all about him in verse 23 immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died wow but verse 24 says this but the word of God grew and multiplied Isaiah 55, 11 is the verse. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is good stuff, y'all. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please. And I love this part. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That's powerful. We have the treasure in earthen vessels to change the world, literally. But we cannot and will not do it if we don't say anything, if we don't act anyway, if we don't try to be better and better every day. We're a special people. We're a called out people. Let's do it. Let's be it. Let's be confident in it. We got the gospel, y'all. Over and over, trials and tribulations, persecution, death, all kinds of situation happened to the brethren in Acts. And guess what happened? The church multiplied. It grew and grew and grew. In drama... We don't have it. We're blessed. God has blessed us. Let's take it another step. Let's continue to do it. Let's be on fire for the Lord. Let's be excited about His Word. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. I want to just say one thing to you. What are you waiting on? Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. And it'll be too late. But today there's time. Right now, at this moment, you could be saved from your sin by believing who He is, believing what He did, came and died and was buried and rose again. By understanding that you need to turn from and repent and change your ways and being willing to confess that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God in front of anybody. And being baptized in water. Magical water? Absolutely not. Waters of obedience. 
1 Peter 3.21 says, Baptism now saves us. Not the removal of filth from the flesh, but a good conscience to God. It's not between anybody except you and God. He's doing the surgery. And what a mighty surgeon he is, amen? Because when you come out of the water, guess what? You're white as snow. Sins forgiven. Beautiful. And reconciled to him. And by living faithful unto death, you will receive the crown and beat death. What a blessing that is. If you need to become a child of God, if you need to repent, let's do it, y'all. Come right now, together we stand and sing.